Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Now, I listened to the newest episode where you had the stories with Ace, but I also listened to the preamble one uh-huh. where you had like a what? lot of added in things. I don't know. It definitely adds to the value of the, of the presentation. I think so. I was, really, I was a really big fan of how both of those turned out. Like... Ace is a real good guy. Like, I had no idea what I was getting into with him. But then, like, the two of us just started shooting shit. And then, like, like it just, like, it just present, like, so many different, like, cutaway gags presented themselves. Like, I literally just edited in a fucking Family Guy clip into his story. Oh, how dare fucking, you talk about the pool of gold. The fucking Scrooge McDuck fucking gold pool. Yeah. All that was just so much fun. All right. Well, I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick bubble rip right here and then we're gonna get started. I started recording a little while ago here. So we're all good to go. Fair enough. <laughs> I will also give a little ripper rooski. Yes, sir. I'm already cruising. <clears throat> I mean like we wrote our little stories, our lightning and jungles. Or jungles and lightning. I'm not sure which way we were going with it. So those were our prompts. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Wizard <laughs> Hang, by the way. Oh my god, I totally forgot to actually do those props. Sorry, bro. <laughs> All right, just like no, imagine <laughs> just like ad lib, like just <laughs> post credit scene, and then <laughs> lightning struck in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> if lightning strikes in the jungle and no one's around to hear it, does it end up on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was just throwing it. Post credits, like something's happening very far in the future that started in the jungle. It's just like a complete non sequitur to the rest of the story, too. Yeah. Okay. The land where the story took place used to be a jungle, but it burned down. After a thunderstorm burned down the trees, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, who wants to go first? Okay, now it's about lightnings and jungles. <laughs> oh, wonderful. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Props Incorporated. I did my job. Just, you just knocked it out in the past minute. You just slid that in. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. Would you like to introduce yourself to the to the podcast? Hello. My name is Liam Alden Smith, a.k.a. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. I am an aspiring writer and erotica creator. I guess if I want to plug something, uh, you know, I'm going to plug my erotica. My online handle is Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, where with an A, uh, dot com. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah dot com. And it's uh, peril and vor and bondage. So if you're into that stuff, hooray. If not, please stay away. You will not like it. Nice. You got a nice list of credentials there. Yeah. Um, I have listen to a bit of your show. I'm still digging through it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I got involved with, uh, story Lords through, of course, through, uh, the Star Trek podcast. And I had listened to Josh on fantasy fiction. So that was my sort of through line into all of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really enjoying where this is going. I think that this is really building a, a, a cool community and it's really cool to see, you doing this and seeing other people like building their own creative projects about around this whole group. Yeah. You know what? Like when, when they announced on the show that like, yeah, yeah, this, this is what the discord is for. Just, just go nuts, do a writing club, whatever. I was just like, Oh, this is perfect. I can, I can milk this for so much content. We got like seven other guys that all want (laughs) to do this too. I can milk you. (laughs) I can milk all of you. This is awesome. I'll I'll also introduce myself before you get started on your story. Sounds perfect. Yeah, Yeah, go for it. My name is um, John Anderson, a plain old white guy name. Uh, I go by Dr. Phil online usually. Uh, It's a long story. I can tell it if you're interested, but uh, I'm very excited to tell my story. I also a big old continue fan from back in the day. Fantasy Fiction was my favorite podcast growing up, but thankfully it's back in the way. So very excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you here. I really liked your princesses and disasters story 
last time. I, I really wanted to get you in the booth for the next one. This one's a lot less uh, serious, um, but I hope some of the comedy is still there and you guys will enjoy. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, contrastingly, this one is way less serious than the stuff that I've had you guys reading in the writer's group. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Um, this uh, The piece is called No More Killing. <laughs> <laughs> small cat with rabies had come over to the United States during a lightning storm in the middle of COVID on a work visa from Cinder as part of their dumb corporate gig that forced engineers to depend on corporate goodwill so they could continue to stay in the country. They, of course, called this their Welcome to the Jungle program. <laughs> there you go. It. <laughs> Both prompts are taken care Amazing of. Amazing like prompt it. use. Yep. Completely organic, uh, definitely not shoehorned in in 10 seconds. I love it. (laughs) The value in it was that Asphal got to live in a country where climate control was a thing and where the weather wasn't horrible all the time forever, currently. The trade-off was that his name had become Ascat and that people asked him probing questions about his heritage, most seemingly good-natured, but some with an uncomfortable amount of race science implications that all seemed to point to a, see, I told you about those non-white slash non-young slash not a gender I like slash not a religion I like people attitude. Oh, those blasted folks. Those non... <laughs> non- <laughs> All those X variables on X. (laughs) He had expected some of this having lived on the internet for his entire life. He was also frequently complimented on his grasp of English, a language he had been speaking since he was five because he lived in fucking England and not India. (laughs) Aswal was not exactly averse to judging people he had never met. He just tended to judge them things, judge them for things like wearing vegan shoes or getting the same haircut as Elder Maxon had in Fallout 4 because they thought they were an alpha male. <laughs> I bet you they own the so leather jacket, you? too. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 And uh, a, a really tight uh, science fiction-y shirt they got off of the uh, cyberpunk uh, recommendations forum on Reddit. Anyway, so did you try the Impossible Burger yet? Would spew out of the mouth of his wannabe hippie HR co-worker, Linen, every time he walked into the break room. He would actively avoid looking at the idiot crystal she had lassoed around her neck to target the eyes toward her cleavage and flash a big well of preserved British smile brought to him by public dentistry that now surpassed America's own garbage pile of bring your own insurance so we can reject it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, sure did. Great burger, you would say, in Oxbridge accent that really should have been reserved for saying, no, I would, wouldn't would eat that sodding tripe if you fed it to me on a gold napkin, you sniveling little mouth-breathing pleb. She would giggle at his accent and tell him about how she couldn't get cheese on the burger because it was bad for the cows and that he really should try to eat a vegan diet because she had been on it for two years and it was really good for her skin. Aswal had never implied he was not a vegan, and if she had paid attention, Lennon would have noticed the microwave servings of lentils and vegetable salads with faux cheese he ate nearly every day, or even, I don't know, had the curiosity to ask if he was a vegan. It wouldn't have bothered Asmol as much if she didn't refer to him as Ayishmahal, like she was trying to process instructions as the conduit, sorry, as she was trying to process instructions for the conduit for alien coding coming down from V'ger in Star Trek, the motion picture, and said this mispronunciation of his name constantly. Was it worse than Ascat? Asmol had discovered his love for high-powered rifles back when he lived in the West Country and north of Plymouth. Is that Plymouth or Plymouth? Well, it's one or the other. Anyway. Neither one, yeah. (laughs) His uncle Harvinder, who was committably insane, had taught him how to shoot rifles and how to handle explosive rounds. His uncle, who again was committably insane, was convinced that a Muslim army was going to cross the English Channel from France and invade Britain, starting in the West Country, and he wanted to be there as the Hindu fist of God. Again, his uncle was crazy cuckoo town banana splitsville bonkers, 
But Hindu nationalists who prided murdering Sri Lankans also often had an inexplicable pipeline to weapons that they likely got from the very same Muslim arms dealers they were afraid would supply the impending caliphate. Meanwhile, Aswal got to blow up hay bales with a rifle that was meant to destroy tanks. When Aswal got to the United States, he was obviously denied access to this level of fun and had to resort to watching that interview with Conan O'Brien from the 90s, where he shoots machine guns at targets with Hunter S. Thompson on YouTube. <laughs> but as with all good uncles, Harvinder knew a guy who had hooked up Aswal with the perfect replica of the rifle he had used on Harvinder's range and had even secured a spot he could go for explosive rounds. At this point in the story, you may be concerned that Asmal is going to murder someone. He is not. Asmal, as his mother would rightly point out to you, is a good boy who would never do such nasty things. Now shut up and take this three-day-old curry to your sister at the salon so she can get some lunch because she needs to put, on, put some meat on those bones or she'll never attract a rich man. You know what those American freaks are into. <laughs> so... Was it Aswal's plan to have a perfectly lined up shot on Lennon's front door so that he could blow the door off its hinges after both her and her life partner left to work? Probably not. But Lennon really, really liked that fucking Impossible Burger. So with one well-placed shot, off throws the door. Blammo! Oh my god. The whole neighborhood is... <laughs> fucking, let me tell you, the Impossible Burger, right... That thing's fucking like it's disgusting. Like it tastes it tastes like meat, right? It tastes like meat. But like it's so fucking processed. There's so much salt, there's so much shit, there's so many man-made horrors beyond your comprehension in that thing. You might as well just eat some red meat. It's so fucking bad for you. I haven't tried it yet. But- I just the hype around it has become like the hype around Final Fantasy VII when I was a kid, and at this point I'm kind of like, you know what? Don't want to play Final Fantasy VII. Sorry, I'm yeah. sure it's a great game. There's a there's a vegan butchery that's like just a few blocks away from where I live, and I can I can understand the big market for it, but there's one product they have that gets me, and I don't understand why it's called this. But have you guys heard of nut cheese? Yes, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can make cheese out of nuts. Apparently, I don't think that's the best naming scheme. Nut cheese. No, it doesn't sound very appetizing. No, (laughs) I am in full agreement. It's delicious, but every time I have to eat it, and I'm like, "Wow, this cheese came from someone's nuts, and those nuts are great." It's a little bit confusing. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, the whole neighborhood anyway. <laughs> freaks the fuck out. And there, nearly a fucking mile away, is the glistening white pearls of a now thoroughly gruntled British engineer. Oh, and before the neighbors approached, he had to make sure to leave his calling card. Pow! That stupid garden gnome she had in the middle of her drought plant garden was now a tiny sphere of fire and a radial display of wooden shrapnel. That'll do, Asmol. That'll do he said, and returned to his prefab townhouse to overpay the rent he needed so he could watch the second season of Ed Flanko sitting backward in a folding chair because he was totally Commander Riker. (laughs) And that was kind of true, actually. He was a tall swig of brandy with a tight beard and eyes that said, I actually care about your problems. Unfortunately, that didn't matter when some shithead walked directly in front of him and started talking to the girl he was chatting up for like a solid hour and a half. Hey, wait a minute. I work with that guy. Is his name Andrew? More like Roy Drew, he thought, as this dude with the muscle mass of a steroidal lab-grown bicep launched into his bit about being like your own spiritual guide in the universe. And the woman actually engaged with him beyond describing two songs from 311 she loved. Yeah, he muttered, walking away. Yeah, isn't that one of the pricks that calls me ass, Cat? It was a short walk to the company directory the next day at work, and a few days scoping out a park near Roy Drew's house before he figured out the right spot to take out all of the water in Roy Drew's pool with the right shot. Sploosh! God damn was Roy Drew's back ra- backyard wet. Or was that Asphalt's pants? <laughs> and of course, on cue, 
there was another gnome perfectly placed to take the brunt of Asmol's fury. With a well-timed double tap, Asmol converted that gnome from trash to treasure, making a work of art out of it as it sprayed plastic and wood into the back fence at hurricane speeds. Just fucking double tap. That you had to make lasted. sure. You had to make sure the gnome was really dead. <laughs> Tapped him once. He exploded. Yeah. Shot it again just to make sure. They just take out his legs. I mean, at that point, it's just a mercy kill. Yeah, right. That ought to have lasted him for a while. But now, Asmol was getting a hunger for explosive-fueled vengeance. And like the little serial killer his good boy tendencies were suppressing, he was definitely escalating because of the attention on the mysterious homewrecker and local news. I mean, seriously, though, this was so much better than killing these pricks. Lennon hadn't asked him once about the fucking Impossible Burger. She was too busy being really fucking depressed and paranoid. Roy Drew had stopped <laughs> calling him Ascat. Because Roy Drew had forgotten his name entirely in all the panic clearly associated with his own finances, since Roy Drew's backyard had been converted to a set piece from All Quiet on the Western Front. So, what would set off Asmol? Well, anything, of course. Denny had a service animal he liked to talk about on planes. It was a hamster. The next week, Denny didn't have any windows, and Denny's collection of gnomes no longer had heads. I mean, who the fuck names their kid any name that could be abbreviated by Denny, the same name as a horrible breakfast chain that apparently doesn't even serve waffles anymore? What? Why do they I all know. have gnomes? <laughs> they all have gnomes, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Well, This one had several. That's why we want no more killing, guys. You read that title? I was like, oh, a fantasy story. Yeah, right. And I thought it was the, actually. The story started, I was like, so confused. <laughs> Eureka, a devotee of Cinder founder Elim Mengsk, had figured out a new way to dog whistle her hatred for trans people and talked about her Lexus too much. That was until Eureka no longer had a garage or either Lexus, her hedge fund boyfriend, had bought her because they were now a smoking crater with the shard remnants of several garden flamingos scattered across the black and gray slag. Joe, another propagator of the insanely original ass cat, was a man who just told it like it is. He told every employee under 25 to just trust him when it came to all his regressive, annoying opinions about not black people, but, you know, people with no motivation. But Joe had finally gotten himself the final call up to Blastback City when he mentioned that this weirdo sniper is probably one of those fucking refugees under his breath to Stacy. Now, Joe regularly talked about how he had to relocate his dog because unbeknownst to him, Aswell had turned everything in Joe's yard into a six-foot debris trench topped with the disemboweled body parts of gnomes he had deliberately purchased and set up in Joe's yard before the fun. <laughs> this guy didn't have gnomes. He was just so pissed. Bought some, put them, planted them, and then exploded. Oh, man, this guy's fucking great. Definitely not escalating. You're definitely a very no, sane person all. indeed. Not that uncle... He's got a handle on it. He's not going to end up the Hindu fist of God. Right. So what if it was property damage? Asmal felt alive, and the morale of the office had legitimately improved as the psyches of total scumbags had declined around him, and nobody was onto him because, holy shit, pieces of houses just randomly fucking exploding while people were at work, and the cops were frankly still unconvinced that these weren't gas leaks. I mean, cops are really bad at their jobs, so, you know, it would take a while. When Asmal was coming home for his most recent going hardcore day, mandated by total narcissist and culture ruiner Elon Manx, it did strike him as out of place that there was a gnome in his front yard. And it wasn't just some normal-ass gnome. It was a motherfucking pissed-off gnome with a drinker's nose and a pair of bloodshot eyes that said, a racist that hates Irish people definitely carved me. <laughs> he threw the gnome in his neighbor's trash and went inside. But he didn't get through the front door before it fell off his hinges. Jesus, fuck, he said to no one and dragged the shoddily constructed door into his garage. Inside his garage, every wall had been replaced with canvases on which Tub Girl was printed in high definition. If you don't know what Tub Girl is, 
Do not Google it. Okay. You will not be happy. Now I gotta Google it. None of us. Going I'm googling Google. this currently on on the Oh air. God, Tub Girl, you say? I can't believe I just ruined all of you. Just kidding. As if I haven't been exposed to that nightmare. <laughs> Why should you not Google it? Uh, I'm about to tell you. None of us who know what Tub Girl are are happy people anymore. That is impossible, considering that we were exposed to Tub Girl. What is it? Oh no! Oh, oh, no. no time will erase all things. Oh no! Yeah, no. I'm, I'm looking at something right now. I'm pretty. I'm. I'm mm, I kind of regret googling this. No, now. time. Time will erase all things except for Tub Girl, oh, no. Goatsy, and Mister Hands. Those are These delicious blue waffles. Yeah, don't Google Can't that. Can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lemon Asshole. party after. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. You got to finish it off with the lemon party. I, fortunately, I have not seen that one. I've I've known to stay away after the other three experiences. Yep. Uh, vomited because he saw Tub Girl. As he was projecting out, out his insides, <laughs> he realized that it would spray all over the toolbox he had left open. Wait, he had closed that toolbox, hadn't he? When he got went to get a mop out of his closet, a different clothed version of the same definitely racist gnome fell on his goddamned head from the top shelf of the cabinet. Okay, he said, nursing his mild head wound and looking at the fallen gnome. This is, I mean, should I say it's getting weird? I have been blowing people's doors off with high-powered explosives, so... Weirder? He had to have been found out, right? Whatever. It was best to sleep it off. Well, that was if you could get to the bed. Between the mop handle breaking while cleaning his own vomit, the kitchen chair falling out from under him, the silverware cabinet nearly falling on him, and the threshold floorboards of every remaining room being made uneven, Asmol felt he had become a contestant in The Running Man. As he plopped down on the bed, it shouldn't have come as a surprise when the entire bed collapsed under the mattress and then the floor collapsed under the collapsing bed <laughs> and the entire thing <laughs> fell into a basement the property management company overcharging him never even told him existed. <laughs> Through the floor. Asphalt had already fallen asleep. He, was, he that didn't wake him up? Damn. <laughs> nope. That's a heavy sleeper. You're waking up, you're in the fucking basement amidst the rubble. What the fuck happened here? Well, now it's over, right? So you just go to sleep. Exactly. What are you going to do? Put the bed back? It's on the floor. Right. You're good. Yeah. Might as well just, I mean, the, the mattress tomorrow is still there. Tomorrow problem, for sure. Yeah, it's a tomorrow problem. Let me, exactly. let me sleep this off. Yeah, he's an engineer. The bed works, you know? <laughs> problem solved. Mattress on floor. Duh. It's <laughs> just on a lower floor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, nice cool breeze. When, when he woke up the next day, he couldn't say he was totally surprised to be covered with Sharpie illustrations of genitalia that were quite good. He also <laughs> wasn't surprised to find that his feet and hands had been duct taped together. He was more surprised that he was being presented a mirror to see all of this by a stationary gnome whose wooden inanimate hands grasped the bottom of the mirror. Portrait of the killer ass cat had been written on the mirror. No, that's not true. I didn't kill anyone, as Small protested, realizing it must have been Joe. Behind the gnome, there were maybe a hundred other gnomes in the basement around his collapsed shell of a bed. Oh, oh, no. He surveyed the scene and asked, Okay, Joe, where are you? But no one replied. Instead, an egg timer went off, and a sniper rifle rolled forward on a pulley contraption, where it had been rigged so that a piece of string was taut against the trigger. A cell phone with Simon Cowell's face saying, wrong, then exited the app. What? <laughs> and that, sorry. Uh, yeah, then, then exited the app that was playing that GIF and conducted the symphony of Lego technical pieces that fit together into a miniature of a window cleaning platform. The platform was loading a clip of what looked like high explosive rounds into the gun. As it loaded, <laughs> <laughs> as it loaded, the gun mounted on a swivel that adjusted itself to follow Asmal's head until he stopped moving. Uh, I, I'm I'm sorry, okay, uh, Roy. I, I mean Andrew, Eureka. I, I know you figured it out. If you just show yourself, uh, we can work it out. I, I didn't kill anyone. His words went unheeded as the cell phone switched through apps and showed an angry gnome's face with the sound file wrong playing behind it. 
A Lego technical lever pulled back on the gun's loading mechanism, and Asmal watched around move into the chamber. The insane part was that it wasn't even his gun. It was a high-powered explosive rifle that someone else had bought with their own money and then rigged all of this up on their own time. Which of the gonads he had punished was even this intelligent? All of them were basically level 7 susceptibles in the pyramid scheme of this snowballing fascist oligopoly was pulling on its own people. But there it was, the rifle's safety being switched off by the technical doodad rigged to operate the rifle. Why are you showing me all of this? Why, why haven't you actually done it yet? Look, I'm sorry. I mean, if you wanted me to suffer first, okay, I'm suffering, but I didn't kill anyone. So you don't have to kill me, okay? It's, it's not a big deal. As the words came out of his mouth, he watched the platform holding the sniper rifle spin in a wild arc toward the back wall of the basement behind him, past the crowd of gnomes, and fire into the wall. Asmal cringed and winced as he expected the basement to become a smoldering pile, but instead, all he heard was a crack from the silenced barrel, followed by the shifunk of industrial lighting being switched on. He opened his eyes from his tight-shut wince to see a spray of flour scattered across a red, frosted sign that read, It's a big deal. <laughs> the amount of gnomes was so many more that could be revealed in the dark basement having been lit by the caved-in hole from above. There must have been thousands. This was a number of gnomes that no one would buy. It was beyond the price range of literally anyone he had revenge blasted. He looked up to see a chorus of gnomes crowding around the whole of his foundation as well. They were all peering down at him. Several more red and green hats emerged from behind him, uh, behind them as more gnomes piled in, moved by some unknown force. In the skylight above, he realized that he could see at least three or four pointy yellow tips and white chiseled beards all faced down through the god ray shining down on him. And finally, it started to dawn on Asmal that maybe, just maybe, he should stop targeting gnomes. Maybe. <laughs> there you go. Okay, That's I it. thought that was the oh, end. That was fucking, amazing. Man. I love how there's a fucking a Rube Goldberg machine set up in the basement that <laughs> loads the gun and then removes the safety and then swivels it 90 degrees, follows his head around and shit, fucking swivels, shoots a thing of flowers saying, yeah, that is a big deal. Like, they knew he was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just for it to be the gnomes are the ones doing it. I love it. Oh, it was a brilliant tale, and it had both prompts in it. No notes. Yeah, yes, definitely. Did. Quite early. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this down, and I don't think I don't think he'll be able to get away to do this. But I was saying, if Asmal's sister ends up having a baby, then he'll get to also be a crazy uncle. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. So, this like, guy's the insane. cycle will just continue itself, and he'll be insane from the gnomes. So exactly. you know, yeah. it's definitely coming full circle. The gnomes are getting oh, me. Oh, he is 100% banana batshit crazy cuckoo insane. Night and yeah. uh, is absolutely going to become his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a fantastic tale. Anyone catch the name, the joke with his full name? I did not. A small cat with rabies? <laughs> oh my god, I missed that. <laughs> oh, that's fucking... <laughs> I, awesome. I tried to keep the pronunciation just a little bit away from it. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. All beautiful, right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate tale. it. You're, 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 you're quite a, a talented writer, I would say. I mean, you are like, are you published or are you not? Or are you just trying to be published? No, I just have a tiny little flash fiction story that's been published so far. I haven't been able to get any of my longer stuff published okay, so yet. You are a published writer, which is more than I can say about myself. Yeah, it really yeah. It makes me excited to follow that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take five. I'm going to keep the recording going. I'll be right back. I'm just going to grab a drink, and I'm uh, and we'll, when Dr. Phil, you can take the floor. Sounds good to me. All just, right. uh, I guess, let us know when you're back. Sounds good. Well, I suppose this is, uh, I, I'll, I'll pick it up here and yeah. take it in with my story. That's your cue. Uh, welcome back. Uh, the name of my story is Welcome to Weed Jungle. <laughs> it's 
So starting off early with half those prompts. Gus Trickleman and Bartholomew the Skunky huddled together under a giant fern deep in the Weed Man jungle, waiting out the storm. Who is the Weed Man, you might ask? Well, you'll be surprised to learn it. It originates from the Weedy Man, but the knowledge of this had been lost to time. The two teens cupped their hands around Bart's rusty lighter, trying to take advantage of what was left of their meager herb supply. The boys had known each other their whole lives and had spent their childhoods daydreaming of the adventures they would go on. Unfortunately, the devastating reality of life sunk in around 12, which was also the age that Bart had earned his nickname. As the boys managed to get the paper of their spliff to catch, the fern gave out, soaking them to the bone. Motherfucking fuck fucking fucker, shouted Bart, shoving his lighter into his pocket. Hey, man, it could be worse, Gus stated glumly, putting his hand around his friend's shoulder. Are you for real? We're literally on a quest because our lives couldn't get any worse. When we left town, you were smoking roaches to try and get high. What do those bugs ever do to you, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, le- life sucks, but let's let's not. It's not going to get any better if we don't reframe our thinking. Cut it with the Zen stoner talk, Gus. You know as well as I do that the Danculate of Willie Nelson doesn't exist, and this whole trip will be for nothing, <laughs> just like the lives we live. That last part went unsaid, but it was felt by both. Well, I think the rain will lift soon, and then we can get going. Are there any magical oils left in the portable wizard wand? I could really use a hit. Bart took the thin black wand out of his pocket and touched its activation rune. Sadly, in the darkness, the room blinked, indicating its lack of mana. The boys gained for- gazed forlornly into each other's eyes, knowing they would have to be sober at least a few more hours. Fucking- Bababooey! <laughs> Immediately overhead, the heavens were torn asunder by a spider web of hot lightning. So hot, a storm elemental took off, trying to find the origin point of the electricity. No matter how long he chased, he'd never ride that lightning. Oh, shit. Bart and Gus leapt together Scooby-Doo skyle and let out a scream as the lightning flash illuminated a short, old man not feet away from where they were huddled. Holy shit, old man, what the fuck do you want? Bart shouted. A long journey you've been on. Trials and tribulations you have passed, but now few remain to stand in your way, the old man said, facing the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, cool, whatever, you oh. old coot. Do you want some food or can we help you? The ground shall sneak beneath you as your destination rises to meet you. Only a keen eye shall be your salvation. Seriously, dude, this is grounds for self-defense at this point. You just, you gotta leave. Let him talk. Maybe he, maybe he has glaucoma, if you know what I mean. Gus cut Bart off quickly, not wanting to anger the stranger. There you go, there you go. When you reach the treasure, you shall find one of you is luckier than you think. And the other is more unlucky than you could ever believe. Toodles! With another lightning flash, the small man disappeared, and with him went any previous signs of the storm. What the absolute fuck was that about? Bart yelled, spinning towards Gus. I don't know, Gus mumbled around the joint he had stuck in his lip, holding out his hand for Bart's lighter. But let's get back on the move. Temple won't find itself. The teens wandered through the thick underbrush, hacking at vines and plants with Gus's dad's machete of yard work. It was hard work, this not-quite-yard work, but Gus felt a sense of accomplishment he hadn't felt since everyone said he was a smart kid, and then used that as a good enough excuse to neglect him the rest of his life. He knew the Dankula could be his and Bart's ticket out of the low life and into the high life. Willie Nelson had been famous for his iron lungs, a dark sorcerer in search of the highest of highs. I originally had magician in there, but I changed it because I didn't want it to be a dark magician. (laughs) He had removed his own lungs and replaced them with surgical stainless steel lungs crafted by a team of medicine pixies. I know I said iron lungs, but I mean, Iron Man's suit isn't made of iron iron, and nobody's mad at him. He had crafted the weed for stone, an ever-generating source of shatter he used to power his dab magic. A well-known school ground myth was that the Dankulet could give anyone who held it permanent access to the Zaw realm. It was like having all the abilities from one of those dumb Instagram posts with the pills that give you weed-based superpowers, and anyone would definitely at least touch the Baba Bowie to have access to such a thing. (laughs) They would be kings. Oh my goodness. Lost deep in thought, Gus hardly noticed the change in texture beneath his boots. What he did notice was a vine-covered stone temple looming just past the next group of trees. Gus stopped, pointing up ahead. Hey, Bart, it's the temple. Race you there. 
But before he could move, he realized he was standing in a large pool of quicksand. Bark laughed as Gus calmly exited the strange sand, and they continued on, rolling their eyes. Maybe in someone their parents' generation would have been afraid, but everyone knows quicksand isn't actually that dangerous, and definitely not something that could be used as a trap. Did a nine-year-old design this temple? If this is the level of traps we're dealing with, then the amulet is long gone, Bart snapped, already anticipating failure. Before he could take his anger out on his friend, Gus's hand appeared in his peripheral vision in a calming gesture, holding a J. As his friend self-medicated, they used Bart's lighter to light a pair of torches and the illumination spread, and they saw why no traps had gone off in the entrance to the temple. Hundreds of bodies littered the room, and while it seemed like a few bodies close to the door appeared speared, darted, or snaked, the rest formed a rough pile near a complicated rat's nest of glass pipe work. As they approached, the groaning of a massive bellows began to wail like an organ from hell, drowning out all thought. Two fireballs appeared above the glass and lowered down into what resembled two bowls? The dank smog curled through the tubes, furnished, finishing in a four-foot reservoir where the white, white smoke swirled. Suddenly, a hand slapped against the inside of the reservoir like Titanic. The front of the reservoir swung forward on an invisible hinge, and from the dank fog stepped the blind old man from earlier. Yes, it is I, Willie D. Nelson. Please hold your applause <laughs> until the end. I really do get it a lot. Gus and Bart lowered their hands, glad this guy wasn't able to see. I have lived here for thousands of years to pass the knowledge of wizard weed onto those who are truly worthy of carrying on our legacy. Do you boys think you bring more to the table than those who came before you? The boys exchanged a glance. While they had smoked their fair share, they knew nothing they had tried was as revolutionary as Grand Mage Jumbo's anti-gravity bong or what? the alchemical discovery of eye drops by the 1,000-eyed sorcerer from Gelsh. <laughs> Even with that in mind, they knew they had to try. If you can show me a way to smoke that sweet dub-dub that I've never seen before, I shall let you touch the Danculet. They were crushed. If there was a way this man had smoked it, Surely he had put it in his body. Settled to his fate, Gus grabbed his last joint and asked Bart for a light. Through the phase of, haze of his first pull, he almost thought he saw a smile on Bart's face. You said you've been here for thousands of years, right? Yes. Anyone challenging you, say, in uh, the last two years? No. With a flourish, Bart pulled the oil wand from his pocket. I present to you the elf brand wizard weed wand. Sorry, wizza, wizard weed. Okay, we got there. We got there. <laughs> Tap into the wand's natural mana force in order to get a clean pull. Amazing! Such a contraption would work in regular and anti gravity. From today forward, you shall no longer be known as Bartholomew the Skunky, but instead Bartholomew the Dank. What about me, Mister Nelson? Gus Bean, proud of his friend's swift thinking. Well, how about this? Before Gus could move, the wizard placed the, a blunt in the boy's ear, ear hole, sparked it up, and pulled it through, pulled it in one go through his other ear hole. Oh, my. A <laughs> like a fart escaping through a pair of pants, smoke began to pour out of the pores surrounding Gus's eyes, filling the room. The literal brain fog condensed into a solid form, gave a happy wave, and ran out of the temple with Gus's soul. Oh my, what the fuck? Well, that was <laughs> fucked up. You still want those powers? The end. <laughs> post credit scene. Over, okay, okay. Willie Nelson reaches for the pen. I mean wand. He was excited <laughs> to see just what this thing could do when he put it through a real wizard's paces. As he clicked the rune to try his first new experience in 369 years, it flashed eight times and died. He would have no! his revenge. The end. Oh, fuck. Oh, what a fucking fantastic... I couldn't stop giggling the entire time. Like, every single sentence, there was a new fucking thing to laugh about. I just couldn't keep up. It was, oh, that was brilliant. I'm 99% convinced that this is just Reese's from a different uh, different era. Willie Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe Willie Nelson, our real dimension, is also Reese's. We'll never know. That's perhaps true. Who knows? That could possibly be canon. Oh. I can't confirm nor deny. 
Yeah, this is definitely, you know, I feel safe saying, like, no one's going to come after this podcast for saying that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I, I like like I was I was not prepared for how good that was. Oh, I really appreciate it, man. I uh this is literally the second thing I've written that's not business related since university. You're, you, and still it's, got the it's touch. been really refreshing to get back into writing. You still got the touch, hundred percent. That was that was beautiful. That's great that's to fantastic. hear. I, I look forward to everyone else's stories for the writing group and also to your story uh when we get going. Yes, yeah, speaking of which Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get started, shall we? Okay, so here's the thing. My title is The Adventures of Sir Lightning McJungleCat. <laughs> Double kill. You son of a bitch. So we got both prompts out of the way in record time. Yeah, right in the title. In record time. Uh. Here we go. The local Bapplebee's Tavern was abuzz with activity. Peeps drinking their drinks, shoving their faces with fried foodstuffs of all kinds, their eyeballs glued to the myriad magic rectangles lining the walls which showcased all sorts of sporting events, gladiator matches, and funny pet videos galore. The air smelled of beer and wing sauce, and a big blue banner could be seen above the bathroom door that read, $10.99 ALL-YOU-CAN-EAT-UNTIL-YOU-LEAVE-YOUR-SEAT SPECIAL, in all caps. And let's just say our beloved protagonist found a way to get his money's worth. Sir Lightning McJungleCat, the finest knight in all of Oakburg, wore glittering armor that covered his entire body except for his tinctial and grungular regions, such that his bright neon pink and green spandex thong could be left exposed to open air for all to see and admire. Very cat-like. Gotta, gotta show off. Exactly. <laughs> Especially that area. It's always in your face. The, the tinctular and the grungular regions. That's the scientific terms, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you gotta 100%. be able to look at any time that you want in front of anyone. Exactly, pink and green, <laughs> just like Cosmo and Wanda, because, you know, wish granted, am I right? Lightning drunkenly slurred out loud randomly for no discernible reason, <laughs> leaving the bar patrons nearest him all sorts of confuzzled. Our noble knight presently drank sweet wines and dined on fine fried confectionaries to his heart's content, his fair white skin all sorts of red and puffed out through the face hole of his helmet. For he has been sitting in booth number three over here, getting wasted off his ass for nearly three days straight, without getting out of his seat at all. This was made possible thanks to a neat little catheter rune given to him by Azataz the Wise in exchange for money. Indeed, our hero, Sir Lightning McJungleCat, enjoyed his never-ending buffet, wholly unconcerned with the whereabouts of the poop and piss that magically teleported out of his body. He ate and he drank some more as the magic rectangle nearest him beamed the latest Orkskit ball game directly into his corneas. All this for ten ninety nine? How could anybody say no to this? Yeah, right. He's just he's in paradise right now. I mean, like <laughs> I was at a restaurant like this once, and my soul never left. Exactly. But, like I need to go back. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. That's that's the true cheeseburger in paradise. And so he's watching that magic rectangle. <laughs> And it's a beautiful Moonsday afternoon here at the Wangtown Stadium as the Wangtown Wizards face off against the New York City Knicks. The game's all tied up at 69 to 69. And with 4.20 seconds left on the clock, number 69, Lambda Johnson, has the skull, takes a shot from half court, and he scores. The game ends with a score of 69 Wangtown, 72 New York. It was around this time that Sir Lightning looked out the window and saw a fucking dragon out there breathing fire and destroying shit, shit and generally causing mayhem in the town. Sir Lightning McJungle Cat! screamed one of the tavern's patrons. Oh, noble knight, 
Surely you could vanquish this foul beast and save all of Oakburg from imminent doom. This guy just gained like 30 <laughs> IQ points. <laughs> yeah, like nah, bruh. Didn't you read the sign? It's 10.99 for all you can eat until you leave your seat. I ain't leaving. You hear me? I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. <laughs> the fucking sound. Leonardo DiCaprio gif <laughs> the distant sound of an orphanage being burned down could be heard off in the distance all while lightning returned to his bucket of beer battered fish and chips licking his lips and wiggling his fingers above the food before did somebody say 1099 all you can eat until you leave your seat the dragon bellowed as he entered the establishment he was about 7 feet tall with purple and orange scales coating his body from head to tail all of the tavern's patrons ran in fear, extricating themselves through the emergency exit. All except for one. Sir Lightning McJungleCat proceeded with his meal undeterred. The dragon turned to face the terrified hostess cowering in fear behind her little podium thing they have at the front of restaurants. Wench, I'll have a table for one, please. Uh, sorry, the 1099 all-you-can-eat until you leave your seat special only applies to booth number three over there, where Sir Lightning McJungle Cat is sitting. All rats! The dragon punched in the air in front of him to further exemplify <laughs> his dissatisfaction. Then he craned his long reptilian neck around to look at the booth in question. Excuse me, Sir Knight! I'm fixing to get my grub on after a long day of destroying this backwater shit-stained town! How about your ants, Gray? Let good old Orbeez the dragon get a turn that 1099 all you can eat until you leave your seat special. Lead, read my lips, you daggum dragon. All you can eat until you leave your seat. I'm not going fucking nowhere, all right? This was my retirement plan. So why don't you run along with your scaly tail between your legs and go find another orphanage to terrorize? Ah, an unstoppable force has made an immovable object, I see. Very well. We shall share the booth. Share my booth? With you? Ha! Ha <laughs> I'd sooner share my wife with the New Orc City Knicks. The Brazier's logo appears on screen of one of the magic rectangles as the New Orc City Knicks return to the locker room after their hard-earned victory against the Wangtown Wizards. Mrs. McJungleCat steps into frame, wearing nothing but lazy lingerie in her wedding ring. No. Good job out there, you sexy, sexy orcs. How's about I slip off this wedding ring and let all ten of you slip your unmentionables inside my various orifices? <laughs> the whole orcsketball team cheers and begins to undress as Lambda Johnson removes his iconic number 69 jersey and proclaims, I call last. <laughs> Jesus. We have an open relationship thing going on. Uh, anyway, be gone. Get out of my sight, foul beast. My fish and chips are getting cold. The dragon let out a burst of fire just large enough to reheat lightning's big old bucket of fish and chips back up to a more palatable temperature. And he took a steak fry out of the bucket and ate it with a flourish. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> the steak fry comes in. Mm. Uh, now I'm hungry. Yeah, right? He's just fucking having... That explains why it's ten ninety nine all you can eat. Until you, know? you leave they your seat. can afford seat. to get rid of the steak fries. Yeah, but you you have to stay in your seat or else the deal is over. You gotta pay another That's 1099. That's true. I misspoke. You have to stay in the seat. You can't leave. This is I why... I'm firmly in the pro steak fries camp. I am that, all in for this booth. I'm fine with them. That booth has to be like those chairs for the like slot machines in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, right? Where they just have so many extra ones because of all the old people. <laughs> How about a duel, then? A wager of sorts. We share the booth, but whoever gets up first has to pay for both of us. I'll duel nothing of the sort, Lightning punned. The hostess chimed in. Lightning? I mean, Sir Mick Thundercat? My lord? You've been here for 69 consecutive hours for the love of Goblin Jesus. You're lucky we're letting you stay at all. Now let this fine patron get his goddamn 1099 all you can eat until he leaves his seat special before I drag your fat ass out back and slonk your shit silly style. Lightning thought about it for a second, then proclaimed, Very well, dragon. But you shall find that I, Sir Lightning McJungle Cat, am one formidable foe. Let the duel commence!
The dragon slid into the booth, and without much ceremony, the two began schlonking down fish and chips, like Mrs. McJungleCat schlonking down sweaty orc cocks after the big game. Thankfully, easily visible. Very <laughs> on display in the restaurant. Yeah, literally on TV in front of him. It's a family establishment. <laughs> exactly. It's a family it's a family restaurant. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> When when nary a fish nor a chip remained, they ordered some more food and a keg of mead for the table. Uh, any particular type of mead? asked the barmaid. Mead! shouted the knight. And food! added the dragon. Very specific orders. (laughs) Welcome back to Moonsday Night Fantasy Football here in Wizard Flakes Field. It's the Wangtown Ore Miners taking on the Pineville Prairie Dogs. The score is Wangtown 4, Pineville 20, with 6.9 seconds left on the clock. Or minor quarterback, number 69, Devontae Adams-Apple, drops back, surveys the field, and fires a magic missile straight to his receiver, number 69, stink-ass, dink-ass. The blast threads the needle between two prairie dog defenders, number 69, Tom Bongadil, and number 69, Leonardo Lightswitch who collide in midair above the 86-yard line as the magic missile goes all the way! Woo! Go sport ball! Touchdown! Dinkus fucking exploded into a million little giblets in the end zone, netting the ore miners 17 points! An incredible play from number 69, Devontae Adams-Apple. That blast was a thing of beauty, ladies and folks. And it sealed the victory for the ore miners in spectacular fashion. I can only imagine what sexual act they did to celebrate. <laughs> I can already imagine who they did it to, though. <laughs> Several hours had passed, and Orbeez was starting to regret all of his life decisions that had led him to the Bapplebee's Tavern. You see, the dragon had no such catherine or anything of the sort on his person. And presently, he had to take a shit real bad. His stomach growled in agony, and he instinctually clenched his sea hole shut tight as he turned to his fellow booth number three occupant and asked, Lightning the Jungle Cat, how do you sit there without needing to piss or poop? Simple. I just stuck a cork up my anus before I came here, he lied. The dragon looked down at his discarded wine cork and scratched his chin inquisitively. Yes, of course. Thank you, noble knight. The dragon promptly took the cork and stuck it up his cloaca. This alleviated the problem for a spell, but sooner or later, Orbeez would need to relieve himself. Lightning was sure of it. So he uncorked a new bottle of wine and poured himself and his dragon guest each a full glass. Just as they heard the footsteps of their barmaid and the sizzle of hot plates fast approaching. Order up! Your 88 bone and wings and boneless pizza pie, hot, fresh, and ready. The knight and dragon barely gave the barmaid enough time to remove her hands from the plates before they were tearing into the veritable feast before them. Jeez, Orbeez, you like your wings hot, huh? Lightning asked, visibly uncomfortable, steam pouring from his person as he struggled to wolf down his half of the wings. Oh, this is nothing, the dragon grinned, less a display of joy and more a bearing of teeth for he now knew his opponent's ultimate weakness. Wench, another round of wings, but instead of blazing sauce, how about we do some Dia del Diablo instead? Coming right up, gents, the wench responded. Oh shit, not Dia del Diablo wings. Last time Sir McJungleCat had some of those most spicy of wings, literal flames shot out from his mouth, and later his asshole as well. He needed to defeat his rival fast, or else be subject to the most unsavory item on the menu, and possibly even burn up his catheter rune as well. A light bulb appeared above the noble knight's head, which Orbeez the dragon plucked out of midair and took a large chomp out of. Wench! The knight called aloud. Another keg of your finest mead, please. We shall drink it all before we eat those wings. As you wish, sir knight, the wench responded, running back to the kitchen to put in this order. Anything to get the fuck away from those guys. Hello again, everybody. I'm Orc J. Simpson, and welcome back to Yergslin's Funniest Home Videos. Now it's time to dive right back into the funniest moments ever to be displayed on a magic rectangle. 
But before we do that, let's take a moment to remind you that you, yes, you, can be a part of the laughter too. Owl Express, your funniest home movie scrolls here to the studio for a chance to be featured right here on the show and even win big cash prizes. Now, let's get back to the good stuff. Our next segment is chock full of spills, chills, and unexpected thrills. Roll the clip. The first clip starts to play, but it's just Mrs. McJungle Cat getting spit-roasted by the Orkskipal team again. <laughs> your keg, sirs. I'll have your wings out shortly. Sir Lightning McJungle Cat let loose a hearty guffaw as he filled his glass mug with a keg of mead brand mead, now sitting in a baby seat at the head of their table. Orbeez, my friend, we've got a whole keg's worth of mead to enjoy before our wings arrive. Drink up! They clinked drinks, and Lightning calmly sipped his mead, while the dragon, visibly bloated and fidgeting in his seat, gritted his long, dagger-like teeth and chugged his drink. Big mistake. For now the dragon's bowels howled in agony as his cloaca was ready to burst. Confusion rattled Orbeez's psyche as he gazed upon his opponent, Sir Lightning McJungle-Cat, as he grinned the grin of a man with bowels as empty as his morals. He helped himself to another 97-ounce mug of mead, Brian Mead, downing the entire thing before saying at last, It's over, dragon. Now how about you leave me and my catheter rune alone? And make sure you give the wench a nice tip as well, eh? Catheter? Rune? He's been peeing and pooping this whole time, are you kidding me? Like a furry artist's wet dream come true, the dragon's level of inflation was just too great for his innards to bear. For now, the bubbling, gurgling remains of Orbeez the Dragon painted Booth 3 in a thick, pungent brown and red slurry. Miscellaneous guts, gore, half-eaten food, and fully digested fecal matter now coated our noble knight from head to toe. And the smell, oh, goblin Jesus in heaven, the smell. It smelled so bad that Sir Lightning McJungle Cat had no choice but to finally get out of his seat and leave. No! <laughs> but before he could slip out inconspicuously through the fire escape, he was stopped by the manager, who barged from his office when he heard the explosion. Hold it right there, Buster Brown! You haven't paid yet! And since your friend met his demise in the booth, I'll need you to pay for him, too! So that'll be twenty-one ninety-eight plus tip. Oh, no! No! The ten ninety-nine all-you-can-eat-until-you-leave-your-seat special was promptly removed from the menu after this encounter, never to be exploited in this fashion again. And as for Sir Lightning McJungle Cat... Let's just say the cum the cumulative three-day hangover hit him all at once later that evening, and it was so bad that it literally killed him. Finn. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say that was his retirement plan, so I guess it all worked out in the end. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Job done. For a mere 20 $21.98, you just live your entire rest of your days in a booth. I, I think his wife will be okay. <laughs> his wife is doing just fine. Let's just say she's doing all right. <laughs> as long as I get last. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really curious to find out what types of uh, bones living pizza pies still do have. Yeah, right? It's just a boneless pizza. You ever see that meme? No. Oh my god, you're in for a treat. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll cut to a clip of that. I'm gonna send you the link right now. This fucking it, that's per it's a perfect way to end this episode. Yeah, pizza. What you want? Let me get a, a boneless pizza with a two liter of coke. Fuck kind of pizza. Alright, look, let me get that pizza boneless. Uh, pizza don't got bone on it. The fuck did I just say then? You said, let me get it boneless. Like, pizza got a damn bone in it. Y'all got bones in this shit then? Bruh, just explain to me how the fuck pizza can be boneless. If it don't got bone in it, it's boneless. The whole time with the Orc J. Simpson, I was waiting for... And there's a white chariot, white Ford chariot oh, on the highway. <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect if it cut to that. I should have actually, like, made references to OJ during that. But it was just kind of, I thought the name was funny. 
No, that's perfect. You get to wonder what he might it, like. Did he do it in his universe? In this universe, who knows? Every one of those names was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Devontae Adams Apple. I like that every single player was number the number 69. 69. Yeah. That was so beautiful. It's like um it's like in baseball when it's Jackie Robinson Day and everyone wears 42. It was like one of those, I think. I laughed with every 69. I laughed at every lightning McJungle cat. <laughs> I'm glad I was able New to work next. Those are the other I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Oh, that was I learned that dragons have cloacas today. I mean, yeah, they're kind of like lizards and lizards are kind of like birds, right? So that's mm-hmm. what they got. Yeah. At least as soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I, that would be what they yeah, I, I I alluded to it with the sea hole. I just left you wondering, what is sea hole? And then later on, I'm just like, "Yeah, it's this cloaca." So that's how you. That's the that's the hole, the sea hole, the cloaca hole. That's canon. Fucking. Oh, I thought that's just what people called it. Exactly. I've been calling it that for years. That's what we've been saying for years. Exactly. God, look at that bird sea hole. Let me get some boneless pizza. I will say, I think a boneless pizza. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. You like it? Um, definitely. Much like how a night egg is an egg con- consumed at night. I think a boneless pizza, yeah, like they say, like, <laughs> why the fuck would there be bones in my pizza? Exactly. It's, you're just reassuring them that there's no bones in it. Yeah, like, why'd you question it? Just agree. Exactly. Give, give me the boneless pizza. You'll never find a bone in a pizza unless you're, like, something fucking really weird, like a bone-in wing on top of the pizza for some reason, which I could see, like, Domino's doing that. Or something like that. Papa John's. <laughs> Hey there, guys. I'm Shaquille Orkneal, and this is the Bone In Pizza. He just takes a bite, and it's just—it's got that satisfying crunch. Even you mimicking the sound effects makes me want to chunk. <laughs> I mean, orcs. I guess you can kind of bite through bones like that if it's a smaller bone, like a chicken, right? Is that like a, their thing? That's Fuck true. It. It's yeah, they gotta yeah. use this Orcs good for you. Orcs can eat bones why not why wouldn't they you can eat them humans can eat bones if you're really desperate yeah like you know if you eat like a frog's legs or something like you can crunch that bone no problem frogs got real tiny bones yeah i mean people eat fish all it's like sardines they yeah. have bones that, that's yeah, not an issue sardine hole fuck it yep i mean i'm never going to but people do you can that's something that you can do on this earth if that's how you want to retire, you can. Just eat, keep eating sardines until the bones just fucking make you explode. And then you're good. You don't got to retire no more. You're dead. Make sure you don't leave your seat. Exactly. You have to stay in your seat. Catheter rune. Who knows where that piss and poop is going, but it's it's gone. So what? it's skin off my nose. <laughs> Fuck, man. If I had one of those, I'd be unstoppable. I don't know about you guys, but I always sit down and I'm about to start writing. And I'm just like, oh, I got to poop. What the fuck? Like, like clockwork. Every time I sit my ass in this chair, I gotta go in the bathroom, spend another, like, 10, 15 minutes in there, then come back. I've, I've been really Absolutely. bad, like, in the morning. It's, like, three poops in the morning before I go to work. And yeah. it's, like, if I can you cut get the that aftershock. out, oh, my God. Uh, the worst is when, uh, back when I was working at my at my old job, I would go into the bathroom, like, at, like, 7.45 in the morning. I had to I had to be there at 7.30. We had our morning huddle up for 15 minutes. 7.45. I'm out the door, I'm in the bathroom shitting my brains out. And then I come back into the, I come back to the office, work for like another 15, 20 minutes, and then I have to go poop again. Yep. It's weird, I get the, the aftershock. Yeah. It's fucking, it's, it's like, why can't it just all come out at once, for Christ's sake? Why am I, why do I gotta do this? My boss thinks I'm up to no good in there. Meanwhile, it's just my body, like, fuck. I That's mean, interesting, any, because every time I start to write, Someone's shit falls on me. I don't know where it's coming from. (laughs) (laughs) The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, and thanks for calling the arena. If you know your party's extension, you can dial it at any time. If you're psychiatrist has gone missing press three press three that sounds ill-advised life is about choices man 
you and I both suffer from a very rare form of mental illness, right? Yep, yep, that's us. I'm just saying, we're probably not the best private investigators, since we don't know what's real. The waitress at the Chinese restaurant, she told me that I needed to complete three trials to find Sadler. Okay, but how long have you been out of your meds? Three trials. The arena, the old factory, the inventor's basement. The inventor's basement. Exactly. Mama, I met someone today. You're not gonna believe this. Half spider, half human. You all have this disorder. We call it the imperfection. Okay, so we just got off the train at a stop called East River between East Broadway and York Street, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. We are not a cop show, Charlie. Uh, I know that, but we're friends, and I need my friends. How sure are you that these things are actually happening in real life? It seems like reality can be a little slippery. Charlie, Charlie, they're on my face. Amber, Amber, stop, 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 stop it, stop these it. These fucking spiders—they are everywhere. Ah! The Imperfection, an audio drama in nine parts, produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit wlfdr.com.